Hi, Elizabeth. Welcome back. Happy New Year. Good to see you again. How are you? Yeah, good. Um, well, thanks. Happy New Year to you, Stephen, as well. It's yeah. already February. That's amazing. I know. <laughs> There's a lot going on with cancel culture at the moment. Joe Rogan's been had uh, 70 episodes pulled down for using the N-word uh, in context to a conversation. Of course, he's obviously publicly addressed it on his uh, Instagram it's been talked about on Sky News Australia as well, and I'm I'm not happy with Spotify either in cancel well, culture. Well, yeah, it's um, there are two sides to every story, obviously, but um, I just think that I mean, for me, Spotify it's a different story of difficulty. It, it's really hard to get your stuff. Um, mm, I'm on, on Tidal. And... Have you tried Tidal music? No, I haven't. I did. I, I like it. Yeah. And um, some of them are, are very good because they don't um, just basically take your music and do whatever you want, do whatever they want with it. Mm. But um, the ones that get the exposure are the ones that actually um, have less benefits for the musicians, but you get more exposure. So it's, it's a tricky one. It's a similar sort of thing in, um, in art, there are the idea to get your art out there is to do competitions or do exhibition, um, ap apply for exhibitions, and a lot of these cost money. Mm. Um, but you know, so do you spend your money and take try that lottery, or do you just do the free ones and try those lotteries? And um, it's yeah, it's a really tricky one. Same with film. Um, yeah. The film that we're we're doing we're trying to um, promote at the moment that we finish the Are You Showing Symptoms? There's there's so many um, top uh, areas where you know you can't apply because they have to be um, LGBTQ or they have to be um, ethnicity related or they have to be mm -hmm. um, certain age so. Yeah, the whole the whole thing of why humans have to keep compartmentalizing themselves. Um, that's that's the bigger problem than Spotify, I think. Yeah, it's going on with Facebook. That's why I'm on a, a Twitter alternative called Mastodon uh, Web okay. Talk, where people can express vaccine views without getting taken down because Facebook lost money in the stock market. Um, <laughs> Uh, I really, and uh, I don't know, uh, Spotify had their audio app called the Spotify Green Room. Uh, they failed at that. Uh, what's next? How long's cancel culture trend going to last for? Well, it's been here since, what, the 70s? Since the whole, um, after the civil rights movement, there was the whole movement of language, like in the 70s, uh, in America, uh, language changed dramatically. And um, even as, like, I don't know, growing up as a kid in America, in Boston, um, the, the whole idea of whether you assume that somebody is a certain gender because of the way they look or their name, um, even that was being questioned even, you know, back then. So it's good. I think it's, it's, um, and then you look at, you know, you look at the times of um, the 
uh, 16th century. And I mean, they had so many other problems, <laughs> mm. 17th century with plagues and everything, but they had questions like this too. And there were always of those moments where, um, for instance, with the royalties, uh, the hereditary, like you had to have a, an heir up to the throne. Mm. And, um, you know, in some places it had to be a male heir. And of course that caused wars just because of a gender, mm. a gender, I should say, not agenda. <laughs> they had their own agenda. But mm-hmm. I think um, this whole idea of, of um, asking people to be sensitive is a one thing, but forcing people to present themselves in a way that is unoffens- inoffensive to everybody is another direction, that, and it's an impossible goal. Did you know that um, the word picnic, I can't remember why, but the word mm. picnic is now considered a um, a sensitive word that shouldn't be used. Is it? Picnic. Oh, oh my God. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like the N word or like, and there, there are words like this that you go, what? How did that happen? And um, yeah, there's, there are references to, to things people, mm. um, you heard about the, the, um, the woman, the teacher who went into a class as a substitute teacher and she marked everybody off in the role and she came to a, a certain name and the person went meow and she said, oh, that's, that's not acceptable. You have to say your name. Mm. And he got all upset and he, um, and he started, you know, yelling or crying or something. And the, the girl, one of the students said, oh, he identifies as a cat. <laughs> so when you, when you, um, when you say, when he says meow, you're supposed to say meow back. Oh, he's being so he silly. Said, well, no, this was true. This was actually uh, because the, the, the upshot was that she, she, she um, said, no, I won't do that. That's not my job to, I, to, you know, my job is to teach you. And he got so upset. He ran out of the class and as she, as he did, she yelled, woof. Mm. And, um, they, they fired her. Oh my God. The school said, if you can't handle the um, identity issues with our children, then we don't want you here. Mm. So, I mean, what kind of zoo are we getting into? <laughs> well, ask the Premier, Mr. Perrottet, what you oh, think yeah. on the Daily Telegraph, because that's what I've been reading. He says he's Catholic, by the way. Yet he, well, that's the whole other issue, isn't it, with the, um, what are, the, are they going to, did they put through that, that law of... Um, I can't remember, religious discrimination law or something. There was something going on in, in Australia. I haven't been following. I've just been dealing with the chaos here. Mm. <laughs> Do you know anything about this? I think it's getting it's getting past. I've got to read more into it. I have uh, heard about it from Scott Morrison, our prime minister. Yeah. Uh, but I feel Australia's become a police state, Elizabeth. Like, Gladys Berejiklian's gone to work for Optus. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, exactly. No, um, it's definitely, uh, it's something's happening in Australia that's just not very nice. And uh, anything, it seems like when it follows America, it gets into problems. And I mean, America's failed in so many directions the past few years, past five years, really, um, that, 
and Australia seems to just follow it like a moth to the light. It just seems to go, oh, whatever they're doing, that's brighter, bigger, better. Mm. It's going to get us more money. We'll do it. And Australia's just not like, it's not built like that. It's not built the same way as America's built. It's geographically not the same. Um, and it's it's history. They Of course, there are shared elements, but it's just not the same. And you just don't have the same level of mindlessness or numbingness that you have in mm. America. It's just crazy stuff over there. But Australia, the government seem to still want to copy or imitate um, what goes on in America um, rather than what goes on in, you know, England or Europe or something. It's very strange, except there are pockets. Like, for instance, I think um, Melbourne has traditionally had some more, I suppose, European mm. world perspectives. But Sydney's, yeah, Sydney's just an L.A., <laughs> another L.A. Yeah. I like your hair. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I had, had a, I did cut it because um, during COVID there's nowhere to go get it cut, but finally mm. we're able to. <laughs> yeah, it's no, uh, Sydney has become another L.A. and I'm getting fed up. Mm. It's very sad because it's such a wonderful place. There's so much potential. Mm. You know, and there's there's so much uh, potential for cultural activities. Oh, what did you think of the um, the fireworks? Did you see them? No, I fell asleep. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I probably would have too, but we saw them because they were here. They were at um, like one o'clock in the afternoon or something, so mm. or eleven or something. So yeah, very very beautiful, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it makes you wonder. There were hardly any people down on the foreshore, mm. and fireworks aren't things you can really see on TV. It would have been so much better to have just a laser show, I think, maybe. And anyway, they'll have to think that through too. My parents live uh, in Lavender Bay, so it's just you know opposite Luna Park, mm-hmm. and um, they were. Basically, normally, like traditionally, their place has been absolutely packed and the, the, the um, veranda is like almost falling over because everyone's looking on the – and everyone's all like family and friends kind of thing. But this year they were both alone just mm. with their cat. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so for, I think it's the first year that they've been totally alone um, with for, yeah, since way back, like 20, 30 years. So that was an interesting experience for them. But mm. um, it's, yeah, I think there, there's so many things that the world needs now <laughs> and they're not mm. getting. Um, but I am actually, I'm busy in the middle of all this. Um, I've been doing this. Um, can you see that? It's a fly, the Freischutz. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's an adaption for a, a smaller, shorter version, um, adapted and taken from the perspective of the female, mm-hmm. um, the Agatha. And um, so it's, yeah, it's taken a more psychological kind of perspective. And uh, involved, we've, we've introduced a little bit of um, 
there's the original music, some of the original music, not all of it, um, but there's also the um, a bit of improvising and kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, a bit of mucking around. And, uh, yeah, I have to do a speaking part, which is also hard to speak. I mean, it's not hard to speak and play, but, you know, you just, your brain has to whoop, 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 whoop. And, um, and then it's in German. Mm-hmm. So I have to learn all these, not that many lines, but maybe about six or eight lines in German. Well, at least you keep it busy. <laughs> yeah, this has been something I've been, actually, this is my first weekend free. Mm-hmm. Um, it's for the past month. We've been working every weekend on this and the big, the big show's on the 19th of uh, February. So, yeah, it's the next weekend we have a big show. And then we have two more shows after that. And then we do um, – then we have a break and we go to some festivals in the summer mm-hmm. just around. And the thing with festivals here in Europe, they're just everywhere. Like you just have to kind of – you have to have the time to apply – um, but there are hundreds of them, like even within, um, you know, two hours distance of where you live, they're just everywhere. And so you can actually take, take something on the road in the summer, um, mm. through these festivals and <clears throat> they're, yeah, they're just everywhere. So hoping that all is well with that. Our summer's been wet in yeah, Sydney. Yeah, I know. I'm a winter person, as you know, so I'm looking forward to autumn. Yeah, yeah, it's coming soon, I think. I go hiking at least once a week. Yeah, sounds good. The hiking is a um, that's you've set a link to hikers. Yeah, it's called All Trails. Mm. That's what I use. That's cool. Yeah, we have some great hikes here. If you ever come to Austria, one it's, day, it's a real hiking mecca. Hmm. And uh, it's yeah, it's really beautiful. Other than that, I've been I'm trying to contact the news media, like the Sydney Morning Herald, the Telegraph, to share my story. Fox News, and, yeah, and, Sky uh, News Australia. About, yeah, what about um, what are you trying to get? What's your agenda? What's your? Uh, just tell my story about living with a disability and doing my startup with Shields Productions and the podcast in 2020, and how COVID's affected the music industry of course yeah now there was you have you checked the abc i'll have a look i'll have to contact them yeah because they have um they have a thing called my story i don't know Mm -hmm. if you've heard of that and i don't know if they've still got it running but um they they often look are looking for things where they can share these personal and interpersonal stories Mm. Um, particularly if it's got a an Australian kind of thing. I mean, obviously, you've got with Australia, you've got isolation, like unbelievably different mm. than Europe in general in nor- normal times. But now with COVID, it's even more difficult, you know, to mm. get around and that sort of thing. If we want so, Stephen yeah. Shields on the front page of this one day. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm trying to contact um, Anthony Albanese, John Howard, Dominic Perrottet, Clive Palmer, see if they'll come on the show. No promises. Yeah. I'll do my best. Yeah. Um, there are there are other people maybe in um, in Europe as well. In um, in England maybe. There's Boris something. Johnson. Ooh, 
<laughs> yep. Um, but there might be there might be some other people. I'm just trying to think of. Um, Majik Nawaz is a very interesting person, mm-hmm. um, and uh, there, uh, there there are a couple of people that escape my mind. That do you know what who might be interesting is um, Dr. John Campbell. Mm-hmm. Have you heard okay. of him? No, who's Do- Dr. John okay. Campbell? He's he's a guy. He's um he does he's British and mm-hmm. he does a weekly podcast on COVID. He's done it since the beginning, um, and it's a very reasonable voice. And he is um, a very he's a great advocate of you know vitamin D and making sure you know all these making sure you're healthy. Um, but he has he he interprets the statistics and. Mm. It's it's pretty good. If most of it, what he says is is reasonable, and he takes both sides. He looks at he weighs both sides up, mm. um, and uh, he's yeah. So he might be somebody. Just look up Dr. John Campbell, and you'll see everything there. Um, and he's not a quack, so that's good. <laughs> Some of these people, you you hear of them, and you go, oh, that that, that sounds too good to be true, and it is. Mm. Um, but yeah, so but he's definitely somebody that would be worth um, contacting because he's he's very he loves talking to different people and he'd love to actually he'd be really interested in talking to you on his show too. So maybe you could do a, a show mm-hmm. swap. Mm. So yeah, yeah. Did you hear um, Dr. Robert Malone went on Joe Rogan's podcast and he was against the mRNA vaccine? That episode got taken down from YouTube. He's been banned from LinkedIn and Twitter, and he's got a PhD. Yeah, um, but they've worked. That's the thing is he's saying something that's wrong. It's mm. just wrong. Um, everybody I know who's had the vaccine is faring better than the people who haven't. Mm. Um, and not just in um, – I mean, obviously it's in, in a medical way, but um, with the people who haven't had the vaccine – have got sicker quicker and then they've spread it further because they've got a higher viral yeah. load so he's wrong that's just like now whether you take somebody down when they're wrong um i think that these televangelists that ask you for money to get god's blessing they're mm. wrong too but they're not taken down mm. so maybe nobody should <clears throat> be <clears throat> taken down but people should be um, given the the knowledge that you know they should be there should be a platform for where these people these either incorrect or wrong or crazy or whatever um, there should be a platform where they can be heard and they can be commented on freely and I mean anything that gets censored in one direction it's going to be censored in another and that's that's the big problem I think. The theme for today is balance. <laughs> yeah, we need balance. But uh, anyway, yeah. but uh, Kanye West wants to tour Australia, but Scott Morrison is telling Kanye West to get his vaccines. Otherwise, he can't yeah. enter the country. Like Novak Djokovic got deported. Yeah, well, it wouldn't be fair, would it, if Novak got deported, but Kanye wants, you know, that would not be fair. Yeah, it was all over the news. Yeah. 
It was in the Sydney Morning Herald when I was reading it. I was going, shit, how long is this going to last for? I mean, I picked up seven rapid antigen tests for free, but people were just scalping them before Christmas. Yeah, I know. That's that's another area of disgustingness um, that I was amazed at how the Australians are not seeming to protest the way the government has approached these measures. Um, and mm. yet they're all protesting about, you know, my freedom to have my, not to have vaccination. It's like, well, start complaining about your government. It's a mess, absolute mess. Oh, people um, no one should have to pay for a test if they've been vaccinated. That is just so wrong. Ask Scott Morrison. Because I said to the chemist, no, I'm not paying $20, $17 or 20 bucks for a test. That's no. a rip-off. I did Absolutely. my first rapid antigen test yesterday. I was negative, and I'm thinking, I'm yeah. not paying that. No, no, no. Um, we get them, we just did ours, um, I basically do it almost every day because they're all free, and um, you just go down to the, the chemist, you pick up your tests, you can pick up, you know, a bunch of them and, um, you can pick up eight, I think it's seven a week. So you can pick up one for every day. We can only get and seven a month on a pension card. Yeah, yeah, I know, it's crazy. And these are free. You just mm. walk down and show them your um, code that you got emailed to you and then you then you just take them home and you do them. And um, we've been just, yeah, testing like crazy and it's all free so far. And, uh, yeah, I think that – but, you know, it's really funny. We've had – like at work I've had um, two people have are sick right now with COVID. Two people had to stay home because um, they had family that was had COVID mm -hmm. and they couldn't not live in the same house, so they had to quarantine with them. Um, we had um, a bunch of other people who were kind of – like about four or five people who are related to our work, if you would, but don't work there. Um, they had it. We've had, yeah, it's just been rampant. We've all been sick, like got all the symptoms, like flu and cold symptoms. I've been sick for two weeks, and um, and none of and the you know we just keep testing, and even the ones that are sick. Sometimes they get it, sometimes they don't. It's a complete riddle. So I'm going to get tested again today. Um, but it keeps coming up negative and I just keep having this, like it's nose and whatever. And it, it just, it's so hard to know whether these tests are even working. I think you're going to get a PCR test. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. Mm. The PCR tests here are gurgle. So you gargle. You don't get the nurse to put a swab down your throat? No, no that's you can do that, yep. Mm. Um, but these, the PCR tests that we have are just the gargle ones. Um, and yes, because you can get the swab ones as well. Yeah, that's what um, I'm talking. Yeah, but have you had that done yet? Yeah, feels weird. Ugh. I know. I hate it. <laughs> mm. I just, I, I can't do it. We've actually got a little booth um, just about maybe a quarter of a kilometre just down the road. It's open seven days a week. It's this shape, like a little toilet, like one of those porta mm. <laughs> And um, you just show your your health card. You stick your face in their window and they swab you. 
Mm. <laughs> and then you just wait. It's a rapid test. So they just you wait for 15 minutes around the cubicle. And that's open basically not 24 hours a day, but seven days a week, including yeah Sunday from 8 till 6 in the evening. Yeah. And you can just walk up as you're walking off to go somewhere, walk up to it, get the test, and it's done. And it, that one is is um, that one is good for now. I think forty eight hours. I'm not sure how they work it, but <clears throat> yeah, it's um, we have just ridiculous rules here now. Um, for instance, if you have two people at um, at school. Who are positive then you close the class but you don't close the school um, if you have two people or more who have family who have COVID who are positive you don't close down the class mm. so you can have like 20 people in a family COVID positive and the class and the children go to the class every day and it's not closed down but you have two people in this class and now they've even changed that so that only the children who are not vaccinated can't come to school mm. so it's like it's very disruptive um but yeah i mean having said that um i mean we're, we're really careful and do what we can and keep the masks going and everything but um you do make decisions like the other day um we decided to go uh, John got tickets for the Zappa, the new movie, mm. the Zappa movie, and in a theatre, a small theatre. Um, and it was like, well, we're going into a room full of people. Mm -hmm. Yes, you all have to show your negative and show your tests and everything. We call it the green pass here. And um, we have a 2G rule, which means you must show your whether you've recovered or that you have a... Um, fully boosted and um, so yeah we felt okay well we've made a calculated decision we're in, we're in you know with about 100 other people maybe 150 people in one room for two three hours breathing you know no ventilation that's a risk but we took it because we really wanted to see the movie mm. <laughs> and it's the first time we've been out since October and you know, like to out together on a night other than work sort of related stuff. And it was just, it was so nice. So, yeah, you have to make these these choices. Mm. That I went and saw the difficult. new Spider-Man before Christmas. I fell asleep. Ah, did you like it? Yeah. Uh, it's just another Marvel movie. Yeah. I heard it was very good, though. I haven't seen it. I'm not, I haven't seen it. But... Have you seen the Zappa movie? Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm. It is, it is very good. Um, it's not new. There's nothing. If you know about um, Frank Zappa, there's nothing new there. Mm. Uh, it's but it's put together so well that, and it's actually put together in a way that makes uh, makes a lot of sense. And um, and it's good to hear the music loud and in a you know big space and see the visuals rather than just on your little computer screen or TV screen. Um, and then the only probably the sad part about it was that they, um, it was very honest account of his life and his music, um, but they didn't include his son Dweezil because mm. I don't know if you're familiar with what happened there, but um, his 
uh, Zappa's wife, Gail Zappa, decided that she uh, didn't want Dweezil playing Zappa's music, his fa own father's music. And there was a big legal battle. And so now he's not allowed to play any of Frank mm -hmm. Zappa's music. And he wasn't part, part of this movie. And yet he was a huge part of why Zappa has continued to be well-known in the world. He put him back on the map in the kind of in the 90s mm. and early, early noughties. And uh, we went to hear, actually went to see um, Dweezil's band, the Zappa Play Zappa Band. We went to see it twice. Absolutely incredible mm. musicians. And some of them were from Zappa's band, the original band. Um, and absolutely wonderful music. It's so good. And uh, the, the whole place was, the theatre was filled with people of all ages. And there were, you could see there were like grandfathers taking their grandsons or mm. granddaughters because they would say, you got to know this stuff. <laughs> this is like really important. And there were, you know, so all ages there. And it's like, yes, this is good because he's such an important American composer. And uh, so it was a really sad part of the movie that they didn't include Dweezil. And um, it's, it's like an ele it's a, a classic elephant in the room. It's mm. so obvious towards the end of the movie. You go, hang on, hang on. Where's um, where is it? Where is the thing where you see, you know, Steve Vai playing with Dweezil and the two kind of generations meeting? Mm. Um, it's such a beautiful thing, but yeah. So that was that was a um, a, a dis not a disappointment because I knew it would happen. But that's the only part that I think the movie falls short on. But it's a fantastic movie. I highly recommend it. And uh, yeah, so that that's been, but that's one time going out because everything is just so risky. You know, you don't know whether you're going to risk your health by going even if even if you're fully vaccinated because now in Europe um, we've got a lot of breakthrough cases and uh, partly because we have such a high rate of unvaccinated people here um, the unvaccinated are really passing it on strong and um, the numbers for vaccinations here just haven't gone higher they've just stuck it around this 60 percent or something 65 percent they just people are stubborn, so stubborn. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know what'll happen over the next next few months, years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, and then the other part of the equation is um, what's happening with all these trucks and these blockades. Are there, there, there aren't any blockades in Australia, are there? I haven't heard any of them. A lot of border closures we've been having. Yeah, but you know, with the um, tr with the trucks. I'll just check. I don't know. No, well, there was a protest in Canada. Yeah, but there haven't been any in Australia, have there? No. no. But uh, that's what's happening with a vaccine mandate. Hmm. It's pretty much discriminating unvaccinated people. Yeah, but they if they get vaccinated, we're going to get closer to the end. Mm -hmm. So, again, it's like they're 
people should have their opinion, should be able to voice it, their concerns. But if they don't get the vaccination, they're wrong. <laughs> it's just science has proven already that um, that we've protected ourselves if we're vaccinated. It's just um, it's it's just a um, it's proven and proven and proven to the best of humans' ability, and that's all we can ask for is human ability to prove itself. And well, Joe, um, Joe Rogan yeah. doesn't want to get vaccinated, and he's gonna uh, apparently <coughs> he, he had some comedy shows booked in Canada. Mm. Uh, they re require a vaccine passport. Mm. Yeah, yeah, this is happening now. Yeah, he's recovered from COVID nineteen, but he apparently um, you hear it on Fox News. You're building antibodies to it, and if you get vaccinated with antibodies, you can can make it worse. Now, it wouldn't surprise me if Dr. Fauci had something to do with building this virus in a laboratory. Oh no. No, I don't think there's anybody would have, um, I mean, he's, he's been, no, there's no way he doesn't even have that kind of capacity that he doesn't have that power. The only power he has is that he's been able to get on to the media, um, in America. I mean, they, they, they let things go in America. They, they didn't protect soon enough. They, um, the media started to rage about um, freedom of speech and they started to politicize the vaccine. Mm. Um, and so all those, all that, all that information is actually misinformation and people who get vaccinated, it's just been proven again and again, people who get vaccinated are healthier, have a greater chance of staying healthy um, have a greater chance of not sharing viruses with other people um, so the virus doesn't spread as much, it doesn't mutate as much if it doesn't spread as much. Um, it's just like the science is on the table and all we have to do is choose to take it or not. And I think um, anybody dancing around the edges saying, oh, but maybe this, maybe that. No, that they've, yes, there have been some problems with the vaccines with people. Um, every, almost everyone I know who got it has um, complained of, you know, maybe a fever or a sore arm or something like that. Everyone gets that with vaccines or almost everyone. Mm. Um, and there have been some people who've died because of the vaccine, but they, they, um, they only, when that is, uh, zhooshed up into a media frenzy like oh we can't have the vaccine because dead they, they, people die mm. they don't take into account the um the person's vulnerabilities already and they don't they don't let people they don't talk about the fact that this person was already sick or this person already had a problem or it was found out that this person had a problem and they didn't know um and that's the risk you take as well. But you take that risk when you get pregnant. Um, mm -hmm. You take that risk when you walk across the street. You don't know what's going to hit you. Um, these are risks, but the risk is so low that we take them. Like, you know, our risk of going to the movies was probably pretty low because no one was talking. So breathing would have been low. Everyone was wearing a mask. <clears throat> We'd all been shown our test. So we have to trust the system works to that degree. Um, but 
that this, I mean, for instance, that risk as opposed to going to a party um, with masks not on, everyone drinking and dancing and, you know, breathing all over you and sweating all over you um, <clears throat> and not having any uh, way of checking whether somebody is vaccinated or not. That's a different type of risk that um, if you're, even if you're vaccinated, it's not a safe one. So, yeah, it's it's important that people share their fear and their worries and their concerns, but it's not, I, do, I just think it's really bad when people start politicising something that is um, becoming more and more. It's not just it is already, but it's becoming more and more scientifically proven through this, through so many different institutes across the world, um, that these things, and also historically, like with other vaccines like polio and that sort of thing, um, and smallpox, these are just, it's proven, they work. Mm. They don't kill us and they are better for us than not having them. <clears throat> and the other thing is, I mean, how many lives do you have? You know, One. yeah. And why not make that life the, the safest possible? Mm. I mean, it doesn't mean that 100 years or 200 years from now that this vaccine will work, but in your lifetime, it will. You mm. know, in, in our lifetime, the vaccines work for us. Um, perhaps in the next, you know, 200 years, if the world is still around, uh, there'll be other solutions. You know, there'll be other ways of um, protecting people and um, I also understand, I heard uh, that, uh, I think it's Pfizer mm. or, yeah, I think it's Pfizer. They're coming out with um, or starting to test an AIDS vaccine. Mm. So, I mean, that's just been, how long has that been running? That's been going since the 80s. And they finally, they think they've found something that's going to be a vaccination. Now, if that gets politicized, can you imagine the number of people who won't be benefiting from that, particularly because it's a disease that was rampant or more prevalent in the drugs and homosexual mm. um, parts of society. It's like, oh, my gosh. Can you imagine how politicised that's going to be? Um, well, it was in the 80s with Dr. Anthony Fauci. Mm. Yeah, but... Um, they didn't know any better, so we've learned. We people people know now that actually uh, it's not a disease of um, gay men. Mm. It's actually a disease of passing, sharing blood and body, like basically sharing blood. Mm. And the only, basically, the only two ways you can do that is when you have very delicate tissue touching very delicate tissue. Mm. which can cause problems, abrasions and um, problems that way, um, and um, drug use. Mm. So, which is, yeah, so that, but we know that now. We didn't know, no one knew anything in the 80s and in the 90s. It was like, it was just such a shocking, shocking time. Um, and it killed the uh, night nightclub industry. <laughs> It just killed it, and which tells you a lot as well about how important these, the role that um, 
gay single men with high incomes, um, how much they were actually contributing to society because mm. they had disposable income. And then suddenly they, their way of spending their money, their choice of spending their money um, was not available anymore or was available in a very dangerous way. And the industry collapsed. Mm. And so, you know, those little, those great little nightclubs that used to be around Sydney, um, they just disappeared. Well, the nightclub industry has disappeared as well it's now. Absolutely. It has just completely slashed. And um, there's a guy in Sydney who runs, he's been running a, um, <clears throat> it's at a restaurant, but he's been running a night, the evening of music, music shows, um, basically like a pub, but it's a restaurant and with a little stage, it's really good. It works out well. He has a lot of um, rock and funk and jazz, and but sometimes some classical music. And uh, he's somehow managed to keep it going beyond the the COVID, and it's back in. He's able to do it again, continue it. Um, but the uh, the the big problem is that he doesn't have the money to pay the musicians anymore because. It's there aren't as many people going out. Mm. So now he's looking at, um, which I think is like, oh, no, this is just exactly what you don't want to have happen. He's now looking at people who are students and saying, hey, students, do you want to use this as a platform to get some experience? The same old thing, you know, um, I won't pay you, but you'll get a great meal and you'll get a good exposure. You know, like, mm. haven't we been there before? <laughs> mm. And this is a really, this is a, a musician that I, I know when he was, you know, in his um, youthful student, the semi-professional, you know, moving into professional, I know he would have gone, that's bullshit. Mm. <laughs> you can't do that. That's not fair, you know. Um, so I think there's, there's yeah, there's a, a lot of um, social and, um, what do you call it, amnesia about what's going on culturally. Mm. I think um, people forget that, like, oh my gosh, I mean, people don't don't um, remember what the 80s were like when it came to live gigs. They just don't remember. You know, everything was so haphazard and glorious and you could get away with anything. And, and on the other side, um, in the world of live gigging, um, there were gigs. You could have a gig. And um, it was just like, as a even as a student, um, we were able to basically, you'd, you'd ask, you know, when you came back to, um, like where I, when I was working, uh, studying at this conservatorium, after a weekend away, you know, coming back on a Monday and you go, oh, so where did you have your gig? And it was just like, everyone just had a gig. It could mm. be anywhere. It could be anything. It could be opening a, a, a motor show or... <laughs> mm. Um, we had, and the wildest gigs, like I remember one, I was with, um, I don't know if you have heard of it, but it was called the Palm Court Orchestra and they were around from around the seventies until I think the nineties. And, um, but I was in, I was with them for a short while and the strangest gigs, for instance, one time we had a, 
um, over at Fort Denison. And the only way to get there, for some weird reason, was a little barge that had no rails. Mm -hmm. So it's just like a barge on the on the harbour, on the water, no protection, with all our instruments. I mean, you think bass, cello, you know, clarinets, all these instruments. And we're just all crammed onto this barge that would have been no more than like six metres long and maybe about three metres wide. Mm. No, no, I just can't, when I think about it, I can't believe that we were able to, allowed to do this, to go from Circular Quay to uh, Fort Denison. And, um, yeah, and then we we went, we got there and then we did the Gibbs uh, Bastille Day um, celebration. And it's like, there's no way that you'd mm. be even allowed to take the barge but there'd be no gig anyway, <laughs> you know, just. Musicians yeah. have been exploited for years. Yeah. Yeah, they have. I'm fed the, up. The, um, the heyday in the 80s because of um, a an influx of, um, it, it was mainly an influx of just people wanting to go out and party. Um, and have shows and do that. There was, there was a lot of money swimming around in the 80s and then it all dried up and it never has come back. Um, mm. But And so from, yeah, I would say from the end of the 80s onwards, uh, musicians have been used, have been politicised as well. Um, another friend of mine was, um, was uh, saying that, you know, many years ago, um, the band, the orchestra that he's playing in was allowed to, was asked to play for a, um, something for royalty mm -hmm. and, um, for the celebration of the queen or something. I can't remember the details, but it was definitely an, uh, something to do with, um, the queen or royalty or something English, the British system and upholding the British system. <clears throat> and uh, he refused to play in the band, in the orchestra. Mm -hmm. And it's like the orchestra was asked to do that. It's a publicly funded orchestra, and they're asked to uh, deal, celebrate this imperial monarch that was completely outmoded. And, uh, I mean, why not get, you know, go for it. Just get Her Majesty's band and bring it out, in, you know, import it from England. So I think, yeah, musicians have been politicised as well as <clears throat> used. Um, they've also been um, the, the whole, I think really the whole problem with the, um, and it's the same in many areas, but the, uh, so you want to be a star or, you know, those shows where they pump up one person as a I don't, can't even remember the name of the shows, mm. but you know the ones. Um, so you think you can dance or, or what are those um, star, I can't remember the name. Australian Idol. Yeah, yeah, Idol. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I mean, what's that? You know, if somebody is going to do well and they end up doing winning that show, that's one person they've invested all that money. So, of course, that person has to do well. They have to make him, make that person do well. It would be ridiculous if they didn't. 
and be a waste of an investment. And but now that that's become such a part of the at least the recent culture that people are actually if you don't make it an idol, then you're not worth doing. You're not worth looking at. You know, not worth listening to. And I think that's the mentality that you've got to be um, at the top of the heap as a singularity, um, and the illusion that you've done it all by yourself is absolute castles in the sand because everyone um, who makes it there, there are bunches of people who've been supporting them financially, screwing them financially, doing anything they can to get some, you know, a bit of a bit of stuff from that mm. person. And uh, and then, you know, the world looks on like, oh, you know, we chose this person, he's, he or she's the chosen one. And music isn't like that. You don't have one person and then something vague underneath. Every single one of those vague underneath people that support that person who are playing in the band or who are playing in the um, orchestra when they're doing whatever they're doing or um, every single one of those people is trained and now they're trained to the eyeballs it's not just like oh it used to be you know I'm pretty good at violin oh you can join the orchestra but we need a viola player oh okay <laughs> you know it's not like that anymore you go to Juilliard or you go to or at least you go to um, you know the top conservatorium in in Sydney or Melbourne or whatever, um, and then you go overseas to train up, and you know you you just and that even at school, you know you got to go to the right teacher and everything. Even at, when you're in primary school and high school, um, it's it's just people are so fabulous. The musicians around now are just so brilliant. They've dedicated so many hours to playing and learning and being good. Um, and it's, it's like all or nothing to so many musicians. And they're, they're, not, they're not considered in the whole platform of what is good, what is worth spending money on, <clears throat> what's worth buying on Spotify. You know, it's the one person that won Idol last year for one year. You know, that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. It's like, ah, uh, that, that's really painful when somebody you know, is working to be a musician. And yeah, I, I really question why anybody would want to be a musician these days. <laughs> it's yeah, exactly. it's really really hard. I mean, I can question, I can definitely answer why anybody wouldn't want to be just an IT worker in an office. I can definitely answer that question. Um, but you know, the alternative is if you choose between you know a a desk job, which is let's face it, boring. And a um, and an unstable musician's life. There's definitely more excitement in the mm. musician's life, and there are definitely more ways to experience the ups. Uh, so yeah, it's it, it's a really it's a tough call that way. Well, life is tough for everyone, mm. unless you have the Absolutely. financial capital behind you. That's why most yep. startups fail because of capital money. Yeah, yeah, that's all. It's just money. Yep. Unfortunately, um, if you throw money at something, it will generally do better than if you don't. It's sort of like a garden. If you, it's just you put the money instead of the, the tender, loving care of 
tending the garden. Just mm. stick the money there and it'll grow. But, yeah, having that money is the part. <laughs> mm. That's the hard part. Oh, of course. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. But I think um, what has happened the past couple of years, um, if people have already been on a path of working online as musicians, um, they've actually done really well and thrived. Um, my sister is a cellist and she has a fantastic uh, website and setup. She does weekly classes online um, and weekly workshops online and uh, she presents little um, short pieces that she's she's arranged or she's composed and she presents them. She's got uh, Patreon support and she's really like it's thriving. And But she had set that up maybe about seven years ago and worked really hard to get an online presence. So when, the, when uh, COVID hit and everyone was in lockdown, they all kind of came towards her and she didn't have to actually put a lot of advertising out there because people already sort of knew about her, of her. She had an online presence and they went, oh, this is exactly what I need. I need to be able to play my cello while I'm at home and I need someone to inspire me to do it. Mm. And so that, so some people who've been on the online kind of um, path, that's been, that's worked out really well for them. Um, visual, as far as the visual art for me, I mean, I was already doing uh, online things like um applying for to have my art in illustrations or in magazines and that sort of thing so for me it was just a continuation of that and mm. that was reasonably successful and uh but for some people it's really hard because their music doesn't or their art doesn't translate you know onto online stuff it's like sculpture i think would have really uh taken a big hit because how do you present? I mean, I've done a bit of sculpture where I've and I've presented it, but it's so hard to to make an image, you know, from something that really you want people to walk around and sniff and, and you know turn their head and look at. Mm. So, yeah, this is this is a, a bit of a um, this is a drawback. So some some types of arts, drama, sometimes theatre. Um, it just doesn't translate, even ballet, it just doesn't translate onto the screen. You know, it's just like the two-dimensionality two dimensionality is uh, too big a hindrance. Mm. So, yeah, so we've got a, a, lot, of, a lot of things to tackle. Mm, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. But I also, um, it's interesting what's happening with when people are um, online and looking for things, the algorithms that happen. Um, if you're getting hits, then obviously your, your um, posts or your websites or whatever, um, your presence will go up higher. Mm. And there are companies who will just buy hits. It's like, it's just, it's not even a thing to buy. 
you mm. know, it's, 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 it's just, I don't know. The, it seems beyond the pale. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's Google. That's why I use DuckDuckGo. Yeah. DuckDuckGo is good. Yeah. And, and Bravo is also good. Mm. Use that too. It's easy. So yeah. Anyway, I'm going to have to go because yeah. my um, my nose <laughs> is blocking up. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, it's no, it's a pleasure. It's always good to chat, and uh, yeah, stay safe. Mm-hmm. You and too. Keep chatting. <laughs>